We have our own serpent karaoke. It's mostly gurgling. <laughs> we are the tangle. Who's who's Malkin and who's the Tangles? Do you think it's like Does anyone want to be the lead singer? Is it like a like a big band style band or is it like a punk style band? Malkin and the Tangles? I feel like it has to be punk with like the, you know, mm-hmm. like mohawks of uh memory toxins. Yeah, and we can wear like <laughs> the, the, the spiked collars memory. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm definitely feeling like a, a ska band effect because we have to be bigger than the audience. Like, <laughs> true. But I like the idea of those quick, like, two and a half minute pounded out songs. Would they be called L- Less Than Snake? Less than Snake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was Perfection. so good. Welcome to Buckheap Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 36, Ship of Destiny, chapters 10 through 14. And I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a new reader. I'm Eli, and I'm a new reader. I'm Elena, I'm a new reader. And I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. Uh, We got some really important listener mail today. Uh, Let me just navigate to it. It's the best listener mail we've ever gotten from Nicole, who sent us an Instagram of Saw's best green hedge (laughs) (laughs) from a garden center. The evergreen viburnum tinus is very hardy and has been selected as Saw's best green henge. So congratulations, green henge. You're Saw's best. Oh, Thank you for that we mail. Should, That's the we best. We should send them a certificate. <laughs> is this our first sponsorship? Yes. <laughs> is it fertilizer? Is what is best it? Green hedge. It's, it seems to be a hedge, a preferred hedge to use for privacy hedging. <laughs> you know, I actually so need medica- meditation. I need privacy hedging in my backyard. So, Saw's best. If you would like to uh, do something with me, let me know. Hashtag sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, upcoming, we have. Uh, some content warnings on chapter 13 for harassment and groping and threats of rape, which we are now familiar with in this narrative. And also on chapter 14, there's some allusion to child abuse just to mix it up. Cool. Got to keep us on our toes. Yeah. And I see that Alyssa has done a really in-depth analysis of chapter 10. So please, please take it away. You laugh, but I worked really hard on this. Okay. It's very succinct. Brevity is actually a lot harder than um, bloviating, by the way. No, from I'm an impressed. Perspective. Very impressed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not to toot my own horn, but someone once said that brevity is the soul of wit. That's fine. <laughs> chapter 10 is called Truces. In this chapter, 
Ronica eavesdrops, runs away with Rach, and writes a letter. <laughs> All right, chapter 11. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, that chapter was really boring. It was a... 20 pages of nothing. That's not the first time we've encountered this. There, I mean, there are consistently chapters where it's like, why is this so long? I think that dear Robin Hobb, the, the, the author of this fake name, overestimates <laughs> our attachment and interest in Ronica. Like, I don't care about her. No. And I have never yeah. cared about but her. That's why Cirilla is developing some sort of caring for her so she warns her with her while she's eavesdropping yeah i mean i i applaud her decision to leave devad's house because yes that was a good choice yeah she should never have been there in the first place big growth robin hob (laughs) texted me this morning and said it was okay to write that (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's we see her eavesdrop get the scoop to get the fuck out of Dodge and then they traipse through the woods and they see the tattooed folk, poor people, poor people who are in the woods and she's like, oh, there's some poor people. I've never been here before. Yeah. Is this part of Big Town? And Rach is like, fuck you, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived here two years and I know this trail backwards and forwards. Wait. Fuck you. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, and then uh, she asks the three ship's folk for some assistance. Some paper. Yeah, for some paper, more accurately, <laughs> yes. And, and a writing utensil. Yeah, Ronica's like, what do y'all write on? Like, the dirt? Right. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> no. The inside of fish skins. Ronica, you ignorant slut. I know. She... <laughs> she had to get a message to Greg. Oh, man. But maybe it was sort of... I don't know what the what's the word I'm looking for. Um, timely that we read this chapter, you know, now. Because I'm kind of feeling like Bingtown might not be worth saving. Yeah. <laughs> Defund Bingtown. Defund Bingtown. <laughs> Let it burn. <laughs> The rot runs deep if peop- if like one of the 45 people that run the whole town doesn't understand <laughs> that there are hundreds of people living in the woods like Robin Hood. Yeah. <laughs> Ignorance. Or that bliss. three ships people like, you know, want their own representation. Well, that part they knew. They just didn't want them to. Well, yeah, that's true. They just any didn't want them to have it. Because <laughs> of some reason that they would not articulate. Because they're not Fingtown traders, and therefore they don't matter. Well, I mean, it's all because they want to keep that that source elite, that elite source of of money from upriver. Which, <laughs> spoiler alert, is gone <laughs> <laughs> for themselves. How's your economy work when your little economy factory collapses into the mud? Guess we'll yeah, find out. Yeah, you're gonna be. You're going to be begging the three fish people for some fish. Oh, wait. Yeah, the people who actually, like, are the only people who are... Because they've said, they've said this before. Like, Bingtown gets all of its recession. food and water from elsewhere. 
So the three the three ships people who are fishing they're the only source of food in the whole town. Well, no, yep. I think I think the Rain Wilds gets all their food from. Yeah, that's what I was gonna order. say. The yeah. Rain Wilds yeah. gets all of their food from them, but Bingtown is have, sustainable. They have they have like sheep and orchards and stuff in Bingtown. Yeah, I guess Bingtown they actually has agriculture. You're right. You're right. Okay. They have, they oh, have yeah, farms. they have those country estates like Inglesby, where Nana is retired. Right. But is that enough to support the whole town? No, no. no. But they all I, I would those. assume that they're getting most of it in trade, which... Well, yeah, there's that too. Yeah, yeah I'm sure the ships are bringing in barrels of who knows what. Grain. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure Sustenance. that 90% of their income is the sweet, sweet flame jewels. Shade's best leaf. Mmm, <laughs> delicious. <laughs> I honestly see. Don't there's have a nothing lot. to say about this. It chapter. really is. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I told you. Good. Chapter eleven. <laughs> chapter eleven is called "Bodies and Souls." <clears throat> Mine is not as short, sadly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so Wintro is still healing, but he heads out to the deck to confront the lifeless Grave Vivacia. But getting slammed by a serpent does have its benefits, though, because now he truly feels like part of the crew. So. Hooray for that. He's got, you know, scars and burn marks and no hair. Now he's cool. Um, he finds the figurehead full of color again, though, and excitedly calls out to her, only to have the dragon turn to face him instead, which is horrifying, and I agree. Um, the dragon gives him a light philosophy lesson about how Vivacia never truly existed, which I feel like we've done before, so Winter will keep up. Uh, and then kindly tells him that he'd only look worse if he were dead. Unfortunately, Woodrow cannot disagree. So the dragon seizes the opportunity to try and entice him into healing himself, or letting her help him heal himself, and also to leave and go back to his monastery. And he nearly lets himself accept until he realizes that she's a bit too eager to get rid of him and surmises that his presence might just be keeping some part of Vivacia alive. The dragon tries to argue that she only wants him gone because she likes Kenneth better, which of course is the perfect time for Edda to show up for some girl talk and they quickly rid themselves of the sickly eavesdropping Wintro. Uh, Edda's not messing around, though, so she she demands to know who the dragon is, because Vivacia certainly never liked her, and she wants to know what's up. So the dragon praises Edda for being the first to, like, you know, realize that she's not Vivacia, and introduces herself as Bolt. Sure. Uh, <laughs> it's just picturing the logo from the Disney movie, and I was like, I just, like, paint that on the side of the boat. Same. Um... <laughs> So, Bolt and Edda's girl talk quickly veers into Bolt, advising Edda to take off her nifty wizard with birth control charm because there's no way that Kenneth, a man, should decide when Edda should have a child, which, true, (laughs) but then the dragon probably shouldn't be deciding either. (laughs) But I digress. (laughs) Um, In any case, she does take it off, dreaming of the possibility of having Kenneth's child and being his queen. Gross. Um, The tiny skull grins at her. Okay. And then, shockingly, not shockingly at all, Bolt takes it and pops it into her mouth like candy. So, uh, cannibalism? Does it taste as good as Winter's rotting finger? Questions we may never know the answer to. Um, Meanwhile, the tangle is growing still, and discovering that their internal Google Maps is way out of date. The White Serpent thinks this is hilarious, (laughs) though, because he's already had his She Who Remembers memory upgrade and let him tell you it sucks, and he wishes he could go back to the old operating system. (laughs) 
Um, Malkin does not want to do his whining, and he forces him to play tour guide and lead up to She Who Remembers. Back on the ship, Kent gets all dressed up for his dragon date, but before he even gets out the door, Edda stirs his jealousy by telling him that she and the dragon have talked, and he's to call her Bolt. So he's really uneasy about their seeming alliance, and he hurries out to deck out to the deck, but he tries to, like, slow himself down and calm down because he wants to, like, court her leisurely, which is never <laughs> gonna happen, because Bolt doesn't have time for that. She's got her own agenda. She's already seduced <laughs> the crew into working seamlessly, promising them prey, and she tells Kenneth she could provide him with an army of serpents, so he just needs to dream big and accept her offer. She also uses him to get her way with Wintro, adding to the legend that is Kenneth, by allowing Wintro to be healed through him for the crew to witness. Of course. Hooray. Um, later, after healing, after the healing, Kenneth wakes up to find his charm bracelet smiling, and he has to admit that he too is happy. Outside, he hears the wind rising and whistling, though, and he heads up to the deck to find the whole crew in attendance. Bolt likes an audience for her turn at Surfer Karaoke. Kenneth describes it as the wind song given voice. And then she who remembers joins in, making it a duet. Ew. <laughs> the end who's better Bolter Vivacia I was <laughs> so disappointed with the name Bolt I'm like that's what we're going with are you fucking kidding me like a thunderbolt like Thor they, they, they go by thunderbolt but Bolt ew <laughs> yeah nut or Bolt the worst name. Nope. Like She's a tiny white dog in a Disney. Yes, world. that's all I could think of. Voiced by John Travolta. <laughs> Double ew. <laughs> Isn't there also a guardsman in Buckkeep named Bolt? Yes. Yes. So. He's the one that beat Fitz up real bad. <laughs> I think Fitz kills him. It's just one of those moments or where she did forgot. He? Bolt He's been reborn. <laughs> He's been reborn as a boat. As a boat. <laughs> I always wonder when, and this this is not the first time stuff like this happens, but I always wonder when authors reuse names. Um, you know, it's like, okay, you've written nine books. Like, that was it. That's the only name you could remember. <laughs> like, you could go <laughs> down a finite list. You're like, I got a reason. I'm sorry. Bolt was just names. a popular name of the times as somebody with the most used name probably on the fucking planet there's always another <laughs> ashley in the room now there's another bolt in the room this happens again why there weren't more kyles i mean <laughs> well you know, i mean most of her names are just words so most of her names you know. are just words well that's what i mean it's like it's an aspect it's supposed to be like a characteristic that yeah. you aspire to so no. i guess i guess that she, bolt wants to run really fast with her bit in her mouth yeah i don't know like, like bolt is just ah, it's not the word it's not a power word it's it's not it's not a power word it's not i agree with you I think Kenneth should tell her that. Bolt. <laughs> Ship. Yeah. My Wait. lovely lass. This is not a power I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're going to go with, like, an obvious pseudonym, you know, make them call you, like, make, just straight up just make them call you queen. Like, you just call me queen. Like, mm-hmm. the queen wants to see you. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just me. That would have been a really cute moment if Kenneth had laughed at her name. <laughs> or even Etta. Anybody. Hedda's like, okay. 
bolt. <laughs> bolt. Well, Etta wasn't going to laugh at it because she's like, oh, yeah, no, that's a great name, girl. And, you know, because it's like that whole cattiness, like, I don't trust this bitch as far as I can throw her. Like, let her right. pick a stupid ass name. Like, Well, the way that she's described is like, she doesn't move like in a human way. Like, her head goes all the way around. She's got like sharp teeth and like her eyes don't blink she's like, normally. She's like... I'm not used to this whole having hair thing. This is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, just... I'm just a slimy, fucking gross-ass creature. <laughs> I just like whenever she's described, it's just like gold swirling eyes over red lips. I'm like, that's the creepiest description I've ever read. Like, just forget about her nose. Just her actual face. It's just like spinning eyes on top of lips. Yeah, she it is what Malk and the Tangles first album cover would be. <laughs> yes, yes, perfect. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I do want to talk about how, like, she immediately just starts not just ordering people around, but, like, giving them, like, really terrible life advice. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, you're going to have a baby, you're going to do this, and Wintra, let's use up ten years of your life so that you can, like... Heal. Well, that shit scars. was fucked because Wintro didn't even have a say in it. Like, he said no, no, and then she was like, oh, hey, Kenneth, let's do this to him. Yeah, I debated whether or not to put a content warning on that scene just because I felt like the language that she used was akin to rape. Because he, you know, it wasn't was, asked and it was pushed yeah, on him. And, and he, yeah. yeah, he was present for it, but there wasn't anything that he could do to stop it. Right. I mean, it's disturbing. It's like you want Wintro, who, you know, has his problems, but is generally a good character. You know, he's like a good guy. Uh, you don't want mm-hmm. him to, you don't want him to suffer like that. It was pretty disturbing. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, Wintro is also, um, I mean, for all that he sometimes doesn't know how to, I guess, actualize or express his internal ethics in the external world and like that that was frustrating about him as a character for a long time he is one of the few characters who has a very strong sense of like ethics and like knows his sense of right and wrong and so it's it's hard to sort of see him be completely victimized yeah i think you've hit hit why i like Wintrow as a character because he isn't necessarily the kind of character that will draw me in as a reader that I will, like, become a huge fan of. But I really like that not only does he grow, but he is also always examining why he thinks the way he thinks. And he mm-hmm. is he is willing to change his mind. Not based on what other people tell him, but on what he observes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is a nice trait. Yeah, it's nice. And it's <laughs> not something that you get a lot in in fantasy heroes you know it's they're always like they know right from wrong from the very beginning and that's what makes them different than everyone else mm-hmm. i concur uh <laughs> let's see then bolt eats the birth control <laughs> <laughs> after it smiles at Edna, which is just i mean vivacious little ship stomach's gotta be getting a little full right <laughs> She's What's got an there? earring, a finger, and a tiny wizardwood skull. She didn't eat the leg, right? That went overboard. No. no. Right, that got knocked by a serpent. Who knows what else she's eating, honestly, when no one's looking. 
Right? Did she eat the skull and go like, mmm, tasty memory? It's like my strange addiction where that one woman ate a couch. Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Foams. She plucks a seagull from the sky. (laughs) Yeah. She's like slowly eating bits of sail when no one's looking. (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm bored. It's like eating your own wings, though. Oh, Kenneth, I just have an oral fixation. Oh, God. <laughs> it's been really nice, but I'm going to go. just eat her own hair. <laughs> just holds I... it in her mouth. Her necklace, doesn't she have a necklace? She just holds it in her mouth. <laughs> Somebody I just... get her like a, a lollipop. I can't stop thinking about how, so if this little birth control thing was made and like Kenneth's charm. And so like a, a dragon memory cocoon has been split into a bunch of like, maybe it's not a real living thing, but it's maybe shares a consciousness. Well, yeah. Amongst like, itself. And when it's they been build split a into boat. these, all these little, like that's fucked. It's all, it's like split up in all these little pieces. Yeah, I would think that, like, when they build a boat, they try to use all of the wizard wood, but there's got to be some... Yeah, there's going to be, you know, when your piece of wood has to be, like, you know, 10 and 3 sixteenth inches, exactly. You got to... So maybe there's a black market for those, like, off-casts. It would be great if, like, Kenneth's charm bracelet and... At his birth control, were like once part the same. Of that's what I'm talking. Yeah, that's what I'm getting to. It's like what what ship were they part of? Is this like Ophelia's, or is it is it maybe t- maybe uh, Vivation wants to eat it? Bolt wants to eat it because they're from the same source. But statistically, what are the odds on that? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many love ships are there. Like thirty, forty. Um, who knows? Thirty. No, I, 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 I feel. I feel like uh, there's they, they've given us a number somewhere between 20 and 30 at one point so okay like, so, statistically slightly worse than five percent chance so what, what happens if they okay so bolt eats this other <laughs> dragon piece and mm-hmm. intermingling dragon pieces is it what is mm-hmm. it what is okay so it's this tiny little piece what is it like like 10 years worth of memories well oh they live a long time so maybe it's like 50 years worth of memories but like does it get drowned in all of her shit or does it have like an equal say because it's a person or is there just like a tiny skull voice inside of her now that talks to her <laughs> keeps her company like or drives little, her insane like... does it eat her from the inside <laughs> I, I don't know that it would is it so small like... that it's like inconsequential it's just like memories added it's like here. a termite yeah. I, would... I, I think it's yeah I think it's just like memories. Like she just absorbed the memories because um, it, I, I don't think the birth control quickened the way like exactly. The, the but it still smiled. It did smile. It smiled. And I think regardless, was it's, creeped out by that. <laughs> I think regardless, it's not the same as like Bolt was the dragon, right? And all of these mm-hmm. other things are just like memory imprinted. Objects. Well, it's Can a dragon too. It's just tiny things. I think the char- the charm bracelet can eat things because it bit Kenneth once. Right, but it could it like actually like cookie. It's something? like Cookie Monster. You just. Oh, well, I, I don't think it has a <laughs> hole to go into. 
I know, that's why I'm Well, if you let it, like, gum it for a while, it can, like, absorb. What ship do we think the charm <laughs> came from, though? Do we think that the, that the charm came from Paragon? Oh, like it's his eyes or something. That would be so cool if it came from Paragon. It had to have, though, right? Like, the interconnectedness? I don't know. Like, I feel like it had to have. It's poetic. We will. I guess we'll find out. I don't know if we'll find out. Uh, honestly, I cannot. <laughs> well, um... Robin Hobb is going to get a question from me then. So. <laughs> Please tell me what all of the tiny charms belong to each ship. When we're done with this book, if we haven't figured it out, we'll all go to Reddit and we'll ask. We'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll get an answer from Reddit. I don't know if we'll be right. We'll say an accurate yeah. answer. Send us listener mail to tell us if we will find out. <laughs> don't tell us the answer. Just tell us if we will find out the answer. Within this book. Well, I I mean, the last time I went to Reddit, there was a five-page post there about a per- from a person who was all about how they hated the fools. So, like... Reddit is dead to me. (laughs) (laughs) How dare they? I was like, I can't believe this hasn't been deleted. Okay, anyway. (laughs) I feel like I read I feel like I read a post once, not on Reddit maybe, but it was something else about how they didn't like the fool. I feel like I sent it to you and you got very angry. Look. Well I didn't start off as a fool fan, we all know, but I changed my ways. Well, this person had read everything and they were like these are all the reasons I hate the pool. Well, then you like, know no, what? Downvote. Then they are trash. <laughs> they are trash. <laughs> they're the fool. If, right? you li- if you're a listener, bump. I'm sorry, but I <laughs> <laughs> downvoted you. <laughs> oh, and then at the end, she's singing. What? That's fucked up. It's fucked up. Yeah. I thought it was weird that she sounded like the wind. She's just farting. Right? <laughs> the language of the sea. And like, why would a serpent well, I mean, after sound a delicious like snack like that, why wouldn't sing? you be gassy? Right? <laughs> she had too much cauliflower. Do you really I like that was... the, the serpent was gold. That, isn't that cool? I think that's cool. Yeah. I like a little... Well, the gold bling, serpent's Vulcan, right? No. No, no I thought Malkin was blue. Was she who remembers. Isn't Malkin who's, like, still red? following them. Oh, yeah. she's gold, too? I don't, for some reason, I thought she was, like, a pale color. I don't know why. I thought so, too, but I assumed that that had to be who it was, so that's what I said. I thought she who remembers was white. <laughs> I thought, no. I thought she was white, too. Moby Dick was white. Well, but then, like, what is this random serpent that is, like, singing? Yeah, maybe that? that was, like, her, you know, distressed, like, albino, I've been in a cave my entire life. Yeah, she's just malnourished. She's, she's you know, tame. Yeah, she, now that, now now she's that getting she's some given and... memories to someone, she's become... Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought the only gold serpent was Malkin. For real, though, I thought Malkin was red, and that's how I've been visualizing him, and I don't know what to picture him as now. Let me Google Malkin. I thought Malkin was gold, <laughs> oh, and that's like, a dangerous Shriver activity. was red, and like Sasuria was green, or maybe the other Sasuria is blue, because I was reading this chapter. They made a big deal out of the minstrel being green. I remember that. Yeah. Right. Uh, Tell- Telluria, or Telluride, or whatever. Telluride, yeah. Telluride. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's <laughs> him. <laughs> 
I'm seeing a lot of red for Malkin on Okay, images. I think he's blue and gold. I thought he was blue and gold as well. That's what my memory... Alright, listeners, please was. settle this. Please, God, tell us what the fuck color Malkin is. <laughs> Someone look please look wait, back in wait, your wait, Kindle because we're Does he have gold eyes at least? Maybe that's yes, what he has. For yeah, yeah, yeah. Gold eyes. Or gold eye spots, maybe. Maybe both. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, all his eyes. <laughs> okay. I just all right, all right. you in your cosplay. <laughs> One of the covers of Mad Chip is of Malkin. <laughs> I don't know if it's Malkin. But it's a blue serpent <laughs> with gold. That doesn't tell us anything. These it. covers are so inaccurate. Yeah, but they... Mm, mm, I'll, we'll just go back. We'll deep dive. Fine. We'll figure it's it fine. out. It's fine. It's fine. We got... <laughs> fine. These are the inconsequential pieces. I believe it's blue with gold eyes, and you can't convince me otherwise. Right. I don't remember why me. I'm asking. <laughs> Anyways, this is we're making up for that one sentence, chapter 10. <laughs> <laughs> Great copper eyes. Copper? Copper? All right. Copper, gold, it's metallic. This is getting outlandish. <laughs> I get it because it's not on land. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Malkin's great copper eyes spun slowly. They spin? Were those his actual eyes or like the eyes on his body? I just saw I think the bolt checks. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, so All right, dumb. we got to move on. We're losing right. listeners and probably some other somebody from the team here. I feel so. Oh no, I've done something bad. Okay, wait. I just realized to go back for a second that how can a skull smile because skulls are always smiling? Are they? <laughs> it it, it moves like Gumby. They don't have cheeks or so lips. So nothing happened. Oh my god. It, it just kind of flapped its mouth it open. Happened. Like, a la 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 la. You know? <laughs> oh god. Alright, anyway, it's winter now. <laughs> winter is here. Winter has come. <sighs> Bring in the white raven. Yes. So chapter 12 is called Alliances, and... In the harsh winds of winter, the chapter opens came out, huh? on a miserable Brashen commiserating with Paragon, who is still in timeout. You want to know what I dreamed? That somehow you would make me real and solid, says the captain to his ship, that forgets he's ignoring him to tell him that Althea is mad at him. Burn. <laughs> but instead of anger, Brashen, a man in love, only despairs that he has lost Althea's regard. And Paragon's advice boils down to rape her, to which Brashen is horrified. And he says, where did you learn to be this way? Where does it come from in you? But Paragon is mum. Talk swings back to Paragon's violent outbursts. And while Paragon can't promise to never kill again, he does promise not to murder Brashen specifically. And for that good behavior, Brashen agrees that the crew can talk to Paragon again. <laughs> but Paragon is still bitter and mad that Brashen is disappointed in him. So then we move back to the depressing adventures of Tintaglia, who is still flying around getting the lay of the land. She's annoyed that there are no elderlings, only humans. She refers to the human activity far below as fleas on a dog and dirty and smelly and also humanity's hovels. She, seem, she sees some serpents in the ocean, but they ignore her. 
flying back up the river past Trahog, Tintaglia comes upon a serpent who has managed to make all you know, make it almost to the cocooning beach. So it's, quote, a battered blue serpent struggling feebly against the current in waters that did not even cover it. Tintaglia spends some time trying to help the serpent, who is not doing well and doesn't seem to be in possession of its memories at all. It's kind of going all on instinct, and the river has injured it greatly. In trying to help it, she injures it more and finds the remains of other unlucky serpents in the muck of the river. And realizing that she can help the miserable, dying, stupid serpent in only one way, Tintaglia kills it. So she's she was going to eat the serpent after she killed it to get its memories, but they end up being too sad. So she leaves it there. <laughs> and while she's thinking about the end of her race and how stupid it is that humanity flourishes, she decides that she's going to get humans to help her the way that the elderlings used to. Okay, so while Tintaglia is not eating her brethren, we head back to Paragon, where Brashen has called Lavoy to his quarters to yell at him. The crew's performance during the pirate fight in the last section was really, really bad, and it's Lavoy's fault, so Brashen's moving some of the former slaves to Althea's watch, and Lavoy is now banned from talking to Paragon forever. Lavoy is pissed, and he knows that Brashen favors Althea, so he tries to say that a woman would never be able to serve as first mate, but Brashen cuts him off and tells him to go back to work while he broods about Althea some more and how sad he is that she's mad at him. So... Later in the rain, Althea is summoned to the captain's quarters by Clef, and there's kind of a big section that I'm going to just smush down, and it says in, and I'm saying that Althea knows that Brashen is checking on her too much. She's annoyed and stupidly thinking it's because Brashen doesn't have confidence in her abilities, and he's really just kind of staring at her and being like, hey. Uh, <laughs> and then she's kind of like, what? Uh... But, friends, listeners, she's about to be disabused of this notion. And I, I, I have a song to put us in the mood. I'm going to pause it so we don't get flagged for copyright abuse. All right. So Brashen says to a defensive Althea alone in his cabin, I believe I just gave you permission. Something is troubling you. What is it? And Althea explains that she didn't like that Brashen humiliated her in front of the crew. And confused, Brashen is all, what? And then they eye each other a little bit. And then Brashen realizes that he is treating Althea differently. But it's not because he doesn't believe in her abilities. And then, in true romance novel fashion, in the room with only one bed, in the rain, on a ship, he says, (laughs) I can't go on like this anymore. What? (laughs) I can't go on pretending that I don't love you. I can't pretend it doesn't scare me spitless to see you in danger. So now Althea knows why Brashen doesn't want her to do shit that might kill her. And Brashen knows that she knows because he told her in no uncertain terms. I can't go on with this coldness between us, he says. And Althea is like, oh, no, I got to go. And then Brashen's <laughs> like, well, this room is really small. So you're going to have to squeeze past me. And like, oh, hey, now we're kissing. And Brashen <laughs> kind of goes, wait, is this okay? And then Althea's like, yeah, let's move this to the bed. <laughs> so meanwhile, Amber is talking to Paragon since, uh, since you're allowed to now. And trying to figure out why Paragon would yeet a pirate to his death like that. But Paragon isn't really listening. He's too busy being a pervert. 
and he's a little confused like it isn't like he thought it was it's not full of pain and hurt and it makes him think of flying and then of course we have the completely uh not necessary scene of going back to them and then brash and althea also feel like they're flying which is a little like this just now reminds me of the terrible game of thrones scene at the end of that awful awful dragon ride that lasted too long where Drodo just like stared at Danny and John <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. oh that oh, dragon man. scene voyeurism ship never gets old I guess <laughs> I just, I just want to bring up how fucking sad it is that Paragon, like that, he his only knowledge of coitus was like rape Obvious. and pain and you know force, and he like was worried for Althea, but he's like, but Brashen's the captain, I can't really stop him. And then like, wait, she's she's not like in pain about this. I'm so confused. It was like yeah. it was it's, it's it was also what you to told him that. to do. Yeah. It's kind of like the kid, you know, opens the door like, what are you doing to mommy? (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, like, Paragon has clearly been horribly, horribly abused. And some really, really bad shit has happened on the decks of this ship. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I think, and we talked about this in our last episode that, you know, we think that Kennet was on Paragon. So, like, I guess that's why Kennet's the way he is. Well, I mean, right? Kenneth, yeah. I mean, if, if that's the case, Kenneth certainly, like, um, a, has, it's been alluded to that he was molested. Um, and even if he wasn't, or that's not the only incident that Paragon has witnessed, I mean, I guess if it's, like, pirates, especially someone like Egrot, who is notoriously violent and ruthless mm-hmm. and horrible, like, there was probably a lot of kind you know of that sort of behavior yeah like this was like it was like a horrible scary place full of very bad people who did very bad things to people and they were like pirates Mm -hmm. in the worst way and yeah yeah, i mean there's a reason that paragon seems to be like it's not just i mean it's ptsd but it's like more than that because it's you know a fantasy novel so it's been taken to some kind of magical extreme Right, but because it also like somehow warped his sense of what it like of what normal rela- like human relating is based on. Right, because he didn't have enough like examples of actual like normal human relating. He just got this like horribly abusive, um, you know, stuff. There's like a there's a little irony in it though because Paragon maybe because it's not just. He's he like Paragon is not one person. Paragon is a multitude of people. You know, he seems to have a lot more empathy in him. He's not like I think there's a question in this narrative of can you build a serial killer? Like can you build a psychopath? And like Kenneth mm-hmm. seems to have been like he doesn't feel guilt. He doesn't feel the pain. He has no empathy for people, but Paragon does. So if they're similar and they went through whatever these, you know these momentous events were together or similar events. It's interesting to me that it's the ship, the non-human that is able to still somehow retain humanity. Mm -hmm. I don't really know where I'm going with that. I just think it's, it's just an observation. I I predict we come back to that. I can't remember what 
is in this section and what's so, in the <laughs> we're let's just let's just put a pin in that and say we're going to come back to it in the chapter 14 discussion yes okay it is in this Piano. section it's with the other section <laughs> <laughs> so uh are we we are we finally okay with our two angry moonies finally getting it on yeah again yeah, they managed I mean, to hold it together it for two-thirds them, of the voyage. If it stops them being annoyingly mad at each other, then yes. I fear, <laughs> but only in the back of my head, I fear retaliation from Lavoy if and when he finds out. That's my only, like, right kind of situation, but... Yeah, because it's going to be like, oh, you're taking my duties away and giving them to Althea. Right. Like, mm. the only reason she's on this ship is because she's fuckable, and let's see if we can mess with her, that kind of thing. So. I mean, she is funding the expedition, but... Yeah, but... Well, I guess Amber's technically funding Right, it. she's the one who Isn't gave up her Amber's shop. Money? Yeah, she bought, she yeah. bought Paragon. Yeah, although that was, uh, in retrospect, a very wise, <laughs> like, move. Yeah. Here, take take my real estate that will, in approximately one <laughs> month, be absolutely worthless, yeah. and I'm going to have this nice ship that I can leave and go live on forever. Bye! Well, you know, Amber knows stuff. <laughs> she's, yeah, a prophet. she's a prophet. She knows she's stuff. doing whatever. She's like, yeah, you chumps, take it, have fun with it. I just think it's funny that she's like out there being like, I just, I don't think you understand that you can really hurt people and, you know, you can't just go like crushing people and throwing them away. And, and Paragon's like, I'm not listening to you because people are having sex. <laughs> Tentaglia eating her sort of, sort of child. Eating a little snack, just a little bit of it. it that was upsetting. Thing. That whole scene was, was really upsetting. upsetting. The whole of him like being hurt and like trapped yeah. and writhing around and yeah, it just was painted the appropriately bleak picture of their existence, I guess. Yeah. Well also like how I don't know, like just the, the, the fact that Tintaglia then found more and it was like how many of them actually like made it like managed to find the river despite the like shitty you know yeah. directions and then like got destroyed in it like that's you know because before we'd sort of gotten the impression that maybe like they all just sort of swam around and couldn't find their you know the way at all but that's not true well yeah it's been a long time somebody had to have at least all the ones that remembered it. in the first place <laughs> like they already died yeah. <laughs> well it also explains why they haven't like spontaneously at least had one or you know one or two dragons mm -hmm. make it or at least like yeah. nobody found anything or yeah although i don't know it's, it's that sounded suspiciously close to trahog so it's like how did how did they not ever like notice that I think it was north of the city, and I don't think people really take ships up north of it. Beyond or it? upriver. Upriver, I should say. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know. It's not, I, I was probably Because it seemed like it wasn't... Like, you couldn't but... take a boat up that. If a, if a serpent couldn't swim in it, like, a boat wouldn't go up there. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know, just the, the way Tintaglia described it, it sounded like it was very close to Trahog, and I was just like, well, how how did they have serpents, like, writhing and flopping on the banks and, like, dying, and nobody noticed? <laughs> but I guess if it was further far enough north, they wouldn't have. Right. But yeah, I don't think they go up that far, because I think they did originally, and then that was bad, and so they moved further south down the river to where mm-hmm. they could possibly live. Yeah. There is stuff that's further. Alright, shall we move on? Uh, sure. Let's, I don't really remember what I wrote, so uh, let's find out. (laughs) Let's go on an adventure. (laughs) Chapter 13 is called Surviving. So the chapter opens up with the Kendry pulling into Bingtown with Kefria, Selden, Rain, and... I know you guys call her Johnny. In my head, she's Yanni. Whatever. Kefria <laughs> uh, seems like kind of a shell of a human. She's haunted by her missing daughter. And she held watch the whole trip down the river, but to no avail. Which was womp womp. Very sad. Um, they all see the devastation of Bingtown. And Rain worries for the Rain Wilds when he sees this because... Um, he has genuine concerns about their ability to survive at this point because Johnny was already coming to beg for aid, but it's not looking great. As they disembark, they are very quickly scooped up by Greg and he throws the crew into the back of a <laughs> container wagon and he covers them up with sailcloth and lets them know that they aren't exactly the Bingtown faves right now. So they should just like cover and shut up. And when they arrive at the Tanira estate, they are greeted by Grandma Vestret. So then we jump over to um, the Chalcidian Galley where the Satrap is peeling off giant sheets of his skin, which is fucking disgusting, but also, haha, you motherfucker. Um, <laughs> Keki is on death's door, but is doing her best to train Malta for survival. Some pro tips include uh, being agreeable to the giant baby, faking your period, and above all else, <laughs> don't get raped. Awesome. Malta gets groped by a Chalcedian, and it stirs her deeply. Um, Keki is concerned that the men on the ship went after her, because basically it means that they don't fear the Satrap at all, and they have no respect for him with the, that since they're going after his women. Um, she Keki lets her know um, the old rag-in-the-underwear trick and tells her to say, I bleed in Chalcedian tongue when if somebody does try to rape her so that way um they'll leave her alone because they're really big tough guys until you say the word menstruation and then they die (laughs) so not five minutes later the big baby costco is just so bored and he tells malta to go get a book from the captain and the captain gives zero fucks about her request And on her way back to the room, she's attacked by a sailor and she uses her fancy new Chelsea and vocab and scares the guy away. So she gets back to the room um, and Satrap's all like, where's my book? And she's like, "Uh, no book. And then he's like, also, what the fuck with your gross ass face? And Malta realizes that she hit her head in her scuffle with her um, almost rapist. And it's now oozing pus and blood and it's like dribbling down her face, which is like fucking horrifying to think about. And so she's terrified and she scuttles over to Keki for her um, consoling words and for help. But Keki is really quiet. And by that, I mean, she's dead. 
So Satrap hears a commotion on the deck, and it seems like maybe the big boat has finally arrived. But, oh, what's wrong with Keki? She's dead? Oh, what a nuisance, he says. What a fucking piece of shit. Um, <laughs> back in Bingtown, we learn that um, Cirilla is maybe becoming, like, a double agent, or maybe she's, I don't know, like, playing two sides of the coin, or, you know, some cute little phrase like that. Um, but she's realizing... That red, Karen, did we decide on red or road? Road? Red? I, I like road. red, Karen. You know what? <laughs> Whatever you feel. Yeah. I'm calling him A-Rod. I'm calling him A-Rod from here on out. So, <laughs> Cirilla is realizing that A-Rod is not great. Um, he's spreading rumors, but then he blames other people for it. He's beating people up, all that kind of shit. And then um, one day she gets a secret message in a napkin. And the message is from Mingsley. And Mingsley knows a lot. And he wants to form an alliance. He pledges allegiance to Cirilla and the Satrap. And shares that the traitorous new traitors were conspiring with evil nobles of Jamela. Jamela? Jamelia? Wow, that was hard for me to say. Jamelia? <laughs> um, and the Chalcedians to seize the Satrap. But that Cirilla foiled their plans and blah, blah, war, war, blah, blah. Anyways, now he and his list of good new traders want to partner up to save their own asses um, and to turn over a list of who the bad new traders are. And he thinks that this will give Cirilla some much needed security of her own. So she wrote him a little secret message back and she stuck it under a flower pot. And now she's wondering why he hasn't called her back because <laughs> she's real nervous and she's like, what the hell? Where did he go? <laughs> um, so back at the Tanira's, Greg is just like throwing clothes at rain, telling him to dry off. And, oh, yeah, sorry about your dead fiance. And like, but hurry up. We got to get downstairs because there's this VIP group and we got to really like start to make moves. And rain is just really distraught over Malta's supposed death. And it's really kind of sad. He like can't even get words out. He's all choked up. And um, we learned that the Kendry passed some Chalcedy and ships at the river mouth, which means that they were really probably just so very, very close. And that's just... Uh... Um, downstairs, Kefria is immediately thrust into her role as the family trader and takes a seat at the round table of Bingtown. There are trader families, there are three ships representations, there's tattooed ones, and then the Cooperses. Selden gets a very seat of his own because he needs to be a big boy now and give a shit about crazy politics because he's either six or 13 years old and who knows. Um, <laughs> it turns out the council members, um... And their property are kind of being bullied and attacked slash burned and murdered by A-Rod and all of his cronies. So the time to take action is now. The tattooed ones state that they're being impact impacted because they're getting blamed for all of the horrible stuff that is happening. Um, and they really don't have any part in it. They need A-Rod's posse to be stopped. Then we have all the opinions from all the different families at the table. The... Traders obviously kind of want to save Bingtown. The three ships folk want to be able to have their own land and to have votes at the table. Um, the three ships' daughter, Eki, one of the guy's daughters, she like makes it very clear that she's uh, she's on like the feminist agenda. And she's like, women count, women matter, women get land, women get a vote. Which is like, yeah, go you. You go, girl. Um, and then, so everybody's just kind of like sticking their claims in what they want. And then they realize that to really stand up to Jamelia and to probably the Chalcedians, they're going to need 
they're probably going to need some new traitors to kind of stick around and they probably need to form an alliance with the good ones and so Kefri is like hey how about we call that guy Mingsley it's like oh Mingsley's already kind of in cahoots and trying to align with them as well um but at the end of it all Selden's like hey how about we just call the dragon and she'll just like fix everything because she's really awesome and then everybody's like yo what the fuck where did this dragon come from what went down in the rain wilds we want to know like you have to tell us and the cuprises are kind of like we don't want to share any of our secrets about the rain wild because it's none of your fucking business so then selden's like well you know what i'm gonna say what the fuck i want to say and he's like i was there it's my story to tell like i'm gonna lay it down so then rain says eh fuck it and he throws off his veil and he starts to tell a tale of Once Upon a Time of the Rain Wilds. And that's where we leave it. Look at Selden being relevant. Yeah. So proud. <laughs> Little annoying, a plot, but relevant. He's a plot device for Rain to tell his story. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I know we're supposed to care about Bingtown. It's really annoying. <laughs> Are we? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> This whole, I don't know, the talk about the alliances and, and the war, I just, like, my eyeballs glaze over hard. <laughs> I know I should care, like, but it was kind of nice to see everybody's kind of voicing what they would like out of an alliance and what they will get out of an alliance. And I like that the tattooed folks are getting a piece of the pie. But other than that, I kind of don't give a shit. I like that Rain dramatically took off his Yeah, veil. he's like, I'll tell you my story, but you have to look at my gross fucking face. <laughs> if Malta can't <laughs> see me, everybody can now. Oh man, Malta's going to be so mad. Well, it's because Selden gave him like a little confidence boost. Because he's like, I mean, you're gross, but you're not that gross. <laughs> Greg was like, I'm almost man. normal. Oh, Man, when they were describing Malta's scar, oh, I know. They described it. They described it as two chicken finger nubs. widths thick. They also That's referred so to thick. it as like chicken nubbin, two chicken, finger widths, chicken gristle, chicken gristle. Uh, yeah, it's like so, oh okay. God. So she has some kind of opening slash growth slash down. Basically, like the front of her forehead and down onto her like. That's not a slash. Yeah, it's a growth. It's a it's. Ex- protruding yeah well, but if it and gristly but if it didn't get closed up properly and if she's like quote-unquote contaminated with whatever is making all of the chicken waddles and growths and stuff on the rain wilds <laughs> then maybe it's not healing properly but then also it's like wildly infected this girl's gonna get fucking sepsis well she yeah. didn't even like, like notice either right i mean god it had know? to have smelled ugh so it must it's oh. must be like numb. Yeah. Well, you know, when you've got so Keki gross. who's dying from river water. Yeah, she had other shit. The Satrap who's Yeah, no, totally fair. Off. Like she's she's <laughs> trying to protect herself from getting raped, let alone like dealing with whatever it is on her face. No, I just meant like there's so many other you know, if it does like smell infected, there's oh, so many yeah, other Yeah, yeah, there are some a lot of really fucked up. Maybe smells. she can't. Yeah, none of these fuckers bathe anyways. All I have to say is that the Satrap would not have survived quarantine. Right? No. No, bored too. He's easily. like, you guys. There's no wine and there's no weed, and like, I just can't live without wine or <laughs> weed. Can you please go to curbside pickup and right. get some for me? 
Are we in phase one yet? Well, if you're my neighbors, your weed dealer comes to you. That's how it should <laughs> be. He doesn't have that kind of power on the right. ship yet. Um, yeah, Malta, I think, is going to be begging for a veil whenever she gets back to society because she's going to be really disfigured. Well, Rain's done with his, so he can lend yeah. it to her. Well, I don't think, <laughs> I mean, Rain can, can literally say nothing. Because I don't think he would, anyways. Like, oh, I don't. You're not beautiful anymore. I, yeah. I don't. I think he's beyond that. I think his love for her is like pretty deep rooted. So I don't even know if that would be an issue. Yeah, you'd be like, it adds character. It's beautiful. Unlike the satrap, who's like, you are spoiled and ugly, and I can't look upon your face. Seriously, I'd be like, I want to pick you up and throw you overboard. And I mean, I know she can't because he is her line of defense. But it would. But be it's real not even not working to. for her because she's already been attacked. They don't give a shit about who he is. But maybe now, since yeah. the other, like the big leagues boat has come, that will change. Yeah. Mm. It's rough. It's rough. <sighs> yeah. I just R.I.P. Keki. Right. Yeah. She kind of went out with some grace. She did. Like, she died hard, but she was, like, doing her best to, like, fulfill her promise to Malta. Like, I'll teach you what you need to know. She finally, like, had some life in her as she was dying. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think that Cirilla gave her enough credit. Well, she also yeah. probably, like, was high a lot at first. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because she had to... to entertain the satrap that and i think she or, was or to deal I with think him she was one or the probably other. in her own survival mode i think for different people exactly. you know like everybody's version yeah. of that is different but that's what her survival mode was mm-hmm. wah, wah, wah. <sighs> just, oh just... by the way can we talk about greg's new romance yeah with... With Eki, the three Eki. ships girl. Um, I'm so like, glad probably... you called her Eki. Wasn't that her name? Oh, were you there for the discussion we had off? <laughs> you weren't either. Oh my god. That's crazy. We had a talk. No, I definitely. Well, you said Eki. I said Eki, but that's because we talked about it. I know, but you said it uh, first. So I see. You're saying she's picking up what I'm throwing down. <laughs> well, I'm saying I didn't hear the conversation, but in my head I was saying Eki because I don't know, like Ek is no, a really no, fucking like... terrible name, and I'm not going to call you know, I'm not going to call somebody Ek. <laughs> Thank you. I think that was our <laughs> thinking as yes. well. <laughs> we talked about what a horrible name Ek was, and it's like it has to be yeah. Eki. But yeah, I, uh, I, I, I don't think they're like you know, progressing to the, like, actual romance front yet, but she was, like, super, like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll take a message to Greg Tanira. No problem. <laughs> she's and, you know, the market. Mm-hmm. And guy. he's, like, looking at her warmly when she's talking about how she has her own fucking boat and, like, I'm going to have, I'm going to keep my boat and I'm going to get my own land. <laughs> he's like, yeah, here's one who can hold it down for me. She's going to be well occupied while I'm away. And uh, doing her own thing and happy to see me when I get back. Oh, man. Ding, ding, ding. You're right. <laughs> He's going to leave Althea. 
Well, he is a little busy. Right that now. she he knows is. he he knows uh-huh. that ship sailed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I really hope that works out for them. I'm super excited now. I do too. <laughs> Cuz I like him and I like that he hasn't like turned into a horrible character just because he got turned down. So I want him to find his happiness. That and true. that would be a huge moment for their society in general to have somebody who's a traitor family marrying somebody from a three ships family mm. like yeah, some blending happening. New Bingtown order. Yep. Well, he's already sort of decided he's going to be one of the revolutionaries. So get on that right side of history, Greg. Put your money where mm-hmm. your mouth is and uh, marry Miss Ecky. Yeah. She, you, you will not be sorry. <laughs> Plus, then you get Sparse Kelter as a father-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we ready for the 14th yes. last chapter? All right. Chapter 14, Baby Town. So, we open the chapter with Brashton and Althea looking at the shitty map he drew aboard the Spring Eve and the foggy, <laughs> impossible to really tell what what coastline is, making their best guess for where Divi Town might be. Paragon pops up that, hey, he could uh, find his way to Divi Town blindfolded at midnight and convincingly describes the reek of its waters. I'm curious whether he inherited that delicate sensibility from Kenneth or vice versa. <laughs> Grashen looks at Althea and she says, glad I'm not the captain, let my ass off. And Grashen says, I trust you, Paragon, lead us in. So then we jump over to Amber and Paragon having this really nice moment on the on the sail where she describes the beauty of sailing at night along a fog-ridden, star-dusted, magical shifting shoreline on a magic ship. And then Lavoy comes out to see what all the fuss is about. Why are we moving? And he and Brashen have a conversation where he admits that he doesn't trust Paragon to Brashen. So Brashen proudly gets to proclaim that he trusts Paragon with his life. Uh, they have a successful run, drop anchor before dawn, and Brashen is hopped up not on Sendin, but Anticipation, waiting for Divi Town to wake up and find them there despite their brand new watchtower. Tee hee hee. So he and Althea have a moment on the deck where they talk about how nice it is to be together. And so how's it going to be when she's on Vivacia and he's on Paragon? And like what room would their lives hold for each other? But they just can't seem to let go. It's actually kind of an awesome proposal that happens. She says, sometimes we'd be in the same port at the same time. (laughs) He shook his head. That isn't enough for me. I want you all the time always at my side. When I was 17, I would have thought this the epitome of romance, covert passion aboard a ship, furtive kisses on the afterdeck on a foggy night, and he kisses her without asking permission. Malta and Althea both approve. But I'm not a boy anymore. Now this just drives me mad. I want more than this, Althea. I want to know that years from now, if I stand on another deck somewhere on another night, you will still be beside me. Brash and Trell, are you proposing to m- marriage to me? No, he said hastily. There was a long, uncomfortable silence. Then he laughed softly. Yes, I suppose I am. Marriage. Or something like it. And good good old Althea doesn't have an answer, but Brashen recovers. Well, I didn't actually ask. Yet. 
Um, so at dawn, they get ready to roll to shore. The small boat gets an escort from Divi Town's harbor master and two other boats full of hardies. And Brashen manages to bluff his way into the inn and get all the gossip. He's got cred from the spring eve and knows enough to seem a legitimate businessman, roots in the community-like. Jack is doing her part, flirting with the pretty sailor boy she spotted first. Meanwhile, Althea's got one of her own sitting across from her at the tavern. Now, Althea's busy worried about philosophical things like what if Vivacia actually chose Kennet and what if me and Brashen just didn't go back, uh, when she kind of realizes she's got an audience and gets him to spill his life story, including all the latest gossip from Bingtown that it's like half burned and in the midst of a rebellion against Jamalia while Charleston circles like sharks. He's politely propositioning her, and Brashen <laughs> casually puts his arm over Althea. Sorry, brah. She's mine. <laughs> that breaks up the party, and Brashen sends the others off on their errands in D-Town while he and Althea have a hipster date shopping for lamp oil and antiquing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? <laughs> Smooching every chance they get to, uh, to further the disguise, of course. <sighs> Why do I always pick the fucking long chapters, guys? <laughs> Um, we get an interlude with Paragon, um, who is struggling to keep track of when he is in time. And we learn about what he calls the blood place, the little nook, um, where a small battered boy could shelter in, rolled in a tight ball while his blood dripped onto Paragon's wizard wood and they shared their misery. We learned that the little boy was Kennet and that Paragon could, uh, figured out he could take away the pain, the nightmares, and even the bad memories, but it demanded that he keep for himself all he took away from Kennet. So he, like, took all of the worst um, parts of the those memories from Kennet, but left him his icy resolve to survive, escape, and make it um, as if Egrot had never been. Uh, everything Egrot had ever dirtied would be hidden away or silenced, even Kennet's family liveship. So Paragon failed at that promise because of the serpents. That was what sent him home, seeking family. Someone on the dock um, in the here and now recognizing, recognizes him as Egrot's old ship. Amber tries to comfort him and keep him silent, but when one of them asks him directly, You were Egrot's ship, weren't you? Paragon loses it and starts screaming, No, no, he wasn't. Never Egrot's. Never, ever, ever, never, never, ever, never. Oh Althea God. and Brash's... Brash and <laughs> Fashion date is going too well and they were talking about getting a room for the night or maybe just this convenient alley wall when they hear the commotion and Paragon screaming and know their cover's blown they run to where the others are waiting unsurprisingly the tattooed ones didn't come to the rendezvous and when they get to the boat, Brashen gives orders to leave at once. Lavoy doesn't want to go. Brashen tells him, do it or die. He pulls a knife and stabs Brashen, literally, in the back. Uh, Brashen ain't down and orders the crew to grab him, but several of them are Lavoy's boys, and they all go overboard and start swimming for town. God damn it, where's a serpent when you need one? Uh, so... <laughs> The, the crew of the Paragon has no choice but to let them go, even though they'll spill everything they know in Divi Town. Jigs up, time to go. Brashen's direct orders to Paragon snaps him out of, uh, of his crazy moment, and he sail helps him sail out. Like an opening blossom, their canvas bloomed in the wind. They fled Divi Town. You guys, okay. I was very much here for the romance of this chapter. Loved it. <laughs> I need this in like every other chapter. It's great. Date night. Hipster date night. Let's go antiquing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dress up like pirates and uh and and awkwardly smooch in public. In and then, public in the and, garbage. And then alley. fuck in the alleyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that about sums it up. 
thank goodness, because if they'd gotten a room, they wouldn't have heard Paragon losing his fucking shit. How right? did they expect him to be silent and unmoving? You know, I don't know. And the fact that they're like, Amber, you're in charge. Keep him calm. Like, that's even doable. <laughs> like, has anybody ever been able to keep him calm? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just like they walk up to him like, hey, hey, are you Egrot ship? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yo, are you Paragon? <laughs> hey, Paragon, are you Paragon? <laughs> They're like, no, it's, he's, he doesn't have the star. He doesn't have the star. Uh, I think it's him. <laughs> Not that many live ships. Um, so yes, confirmation then that, uh, Kenneth's family live ship. Which, so it's like, I always knew that Kenneth was on the live ship with Egret, but I just didn't realize that it was like his family's ship. Yes. Yep. So, so that, is. that was definitely confirmed. He's a Ludluck. He's a Ludluck. So was he kidnapped? How did he end up with? How did he end up there? Well, so we know that Egrot, like that his father had set up Key Island. Right. And um, that that's where they lived. So we don't know whether that was like, whether his father and mother were legitimately married, whether she was a mistress, whether like he was a cast off son or the primary. Um, But they were, um, but they lived on Key Island and Egrot found found it and attacked them and like destroyed you know a lot of shit and took a lot of shit and kidnapped yeah. Kenneth. so it had um, to be wait, a mistress like... because all the Ludlucks are in bingtown so it's like then that would be right his did he secret. just know that he like took paragon and then was like wow i need a Ludluck," and then was like oh here's an offshoot and then i'll take him maybe Probably, I mean, yeah, he probably knew that he could get the ship when he would go to Key Island to visit his woman. I think he stole, he stole Paragon from Key Island. Right. I don't think he stole him. He didn't. He, yeah, he, that's what I'm saying. It's like, Egret knew that that was when he could get the ship was if he got it from Key Island. And then this woman had a child with a Ludluck and then he took that child to keep the ship going. Just like Wintro. Oh, Wintro. Oh, the poor Kenneth. It was really sad to read uh... all of that, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's a piece of shit because he never stood a fucking chance. Like, he was only going to come out as a piece of shit after living, after having that abuse and trauma and not having anybody well, steer well, also him because paragon took away he all of the right yeah, yeah. He, if he because like you know a lot of the other characters you know have suffered abuse as well but like because they remember it they still they have empathy for other people that are going through that whereas he doesn't right. have that because he right. just has survival mode yeah so it's like it's something yeah. <laughs> Who else had their bad Felt. shit taken away? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, let's well, circle back know. to the point Rachel was, like, angling at earlier. Uh, clearly, y'all are making some other reference, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, 
I'm going to I'm going to circle back to that one. So Paragon uh, is able to feel empathy. Is that because he kept all of Kenneth's horrible, painful memories? And Kenneth doesn't so. feel empathy because he doesn't have those. He doesn't. He doesn't right? I think that's he doesn't remember what it astute. feels like to hurt. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Also, why Vivacia was getting angry at him for not being able to like tell, like she was mad at him for hiding part of himself away is because he doesn't actually have it. Right. It's mm. gone. Mm-hmm. Paragon's got it. Can Paragon give it back? That's a question. Does mm-hmm. Kenneth have to eat a piece of Paragon to get it back? <laughs> <laughs> Once it's Paragon, it's Paragon. <laughs> if he goes onto Paragon and gets a splinter, does he like get the memories back? <laughs> he just licks the deck. <laughs> make make sure you eat the right splinter. <laughs> not someone else's horrible memories. Oh, not that one. Oh, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> he's just walking around for days just getting splinters and like bare feet or bare one foot so he's got less of a chance <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to feel any sympathy for Kenneth but I know that's the problem it's like okay like there's there's reasons that he is the way he is but he's still fucking awful yeah. so I can't be but if so his memories that would have taught him to behave properly were taken away from him that it's essentially like he's just an evil walking robot he has no control like kind of he never like he never stood a chance of like becoming a decent human yeah i feel empathy for boy kenneth yes yeah little kenneth because there's like there's um there's plenty of people who experience like horribly you know traumatic lives and choose to um to not be horrible people and to not you know do unto others what was done to them um but but if you know that the trauma is there but you're disconnected from it then well yeah like can kenneth can't work where... through it because kenneth right. doesn't have anything to work through like yeah right I'm sure there are some memories and some, like, triggering pieces, but it doesn't fit together, so... Well, I do wonder if it's sort of... Since we did reference fits, I know yeah. that doesn't know about that part, but he put some of his bad traumatic memories into one of the stone dragons, but he could still remember it. It's just that he he didn't remember the emotion, so I wonder if it's similar to that. Like, he doesn't remember the traumatic he doesn't feel the trauma of it anymore like but he still knows what yeah happened. like maybe Kenneth mm-hmm. gave way too much <laughs> you know like because you're right like it seems like Fitz can still remember that that he died that he was beaten to mm-hmm. death you know like <laughs> he still that he was abandoned as a child uh but he doesn't have that connection to it whereas I feel like Kenneth may or may not actually remember some of these these events i feel like he remembers some of it because he has like offered bits and pieces in yeah. his, you know pv mm-hmm. chapters but he doesn't necessarily seem to have yeah. all of it because yeah. it's like he has the the cognitive memory but not the emotional or somatic memory yeah well because he also like he knows that he 
Like, he knows that he wants a live ship, and he knows that Egret had a live ship, but he doesn't have any connection to Paragon. Well, he certainly, it's very, it, to me, it's just odd that he, like, never talks about Paragon even privately to himself. Like, he's not, like... Right, like, I don't think he remembers Paragon. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, woo this live ship. But he's not doing it in context of, like, having already known and, like, worked on a live it's, ship. It's like he he knows about live ships because of Paragon, but he doesn't actually remember Paragon, Paragon. Like, yeah. The being. The blood place. Which sort of raises an, an interesting question of, like, what's going to happen to Kennet when he and Paragon come face to face. Well, I think that's what we were saying is, like, can can it be recovered or is it forever? Is it like the, like, you know, the serpents and the, and the ships where it's like, you know, you're not a fucking dragon anymore. Sorry. <laughs> Eat me. You know, like... <laughs> Somebody's getting eaten. <laughs> so do we have an over under of Kenneth getting killed on Paragon's deck so he can finally be reunited with his old memories? With his horrible memories? Oh gosh. <laughs> Probably. I'm not a... I think I think they should throw him overboard and let a let a serpent eat him or something. Walk the plank. It's what I'm saying. I mean, oh, walk the plank. <laughs> Hell yeah. Build a plank and then walk it. We don't. Paragon doesn't have a plank. Paragon only has a yeet machine. His two arms. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Just let Paragon crush Kenneth's skull and then throw him to the serpent. Don't eat him. Don't eat it. What's in your mouth? Put it down. <laughs> I do like the whole like idea that they they do come up and dock at Divi Town in the dead of night and no one sees them and they're just like, "Hey, what's up?" I love it. They're like, "What's that light <laughs> way oh, up there? The that's tower. so much higher. I guess we'll figure out in the morning." It's like, "Yeah, that's their watchtower." What's it watching? <laughs> Not, Not them. <laughs> Well, I mean, to be fair to the uh, Watchtower, um, you know, assignment at Divi Town that night, it was a foggy night, and <laughs> yeah. they had no lights, and were sailing in, like, some dense-ass shit. Like, okay, so I remember nights like that living on the Mississippi River, and I, you know, I lived, like, three blocks from the river, and it was like I could barely see my car outside my house, kind of dense fog. And so no normal sane person is sailing in that, um, and definitely not without lights. So unless literally the only way it happens is if you have a magic ship who already knows the way there. So I, I <laughs> yeah, don't that reminds blame me them. of, like, how Amber is, like, painting this picture of, like, you know, because Paragon doesn't have eyes. So she's like, oh, you know, it's beautiful in the fog, and we're moving through the fog. And then Paragon's like, I'm just following the smelly water. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Amber. You can't make everything beautiful. You can but try. But she tries real hard. She does. All right. Are we moving on to every episode prompts? Yeah. Good. Sure. All right. This Be My Crew, character introductions and exits. Hello, Bolt. 
Hellable. Goodbye. <sighs> Keki. Goodbye, Keki. Keki. Goodbye, LaVoy, we hope. Probably no, not. He's... Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if they would just get rid of themselves? They just exit the narrative. We don't have to even ask. Um, goodbye, random serpent. Yeah. We hardly knew you. Yeah. I already forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, X marks the spot. Where the heck are we? Well, we appear to be in Bingtown and Divitown and Malta's on the plenty. Somewhere. Floating up to sea. Probably not too far from Bingtown. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what a tangle. What are the serpents doing? Dying. Sinking. <laughs> and dying. <laughs> <laughs> most, most of them are still singing though. Uh, oh, it's so sad. Mm-hmm. Trying to update. Did I just? Now. Did I hear some <laughs> serpent sympathy there, Rachel? You said, "Ah, so sad." <laughs> <laughs> I can fake it if I have. Oh, to. gross. Uh, I also was going to make a serpent sympathizer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would wear it. <laughs> oh, the ship's talk. What did we learn about live ships in this section? Well, more and more every yeah, every section. It gets freakier and freakier. Poor they can uh, they can they can doctor memories. They like eating wizard food. They can heal people against their will. They are pro pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> Not great communicators, though. <laughs> <laughs> but why do they need to communicate? They're just going to do it anyway. Also, they can heal, which I thought was... The whole thing was just very bizarre, the fact that she could heal mm-hmm. Metro. Well, it's, uh, there's... Well, I think it's a dragon there's a magic. Well, there's a magic system in, these, in this realm where you can heal stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I thought I thought it was kind of akin to like the um, the stuff that Wintrow hadn't yet been taught about healing and how there's like a, a certain you know sort of medi- meditative state you can go into and it's like where your mind basically like gets access to the cells of another person's body. He just hadn't been taught how to do that, and that's why he like basically had to just do it you know field surgeon style with Kenneth's <laughs> leg and with his. Um, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, the vibrations of his hand. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So I think, it like now, I think off. we have kind of like we're we're looking at skill magic skills for, trademark. Um, but I think that that part was not necessarily a secret, since you know everything having to do with the skill seems to have to do with these silver strands, mm-hmm. silver mm-hmm. strands of memory, silver strands in the rock, silver strands silver in the water on gold. the beach. Silver and gold. Serpents have gold eyes on them, and then there's silver memories. It's perfect. Copper. Mm. Yeah. So it's like the skill. Does the skill? Well, the dragons eat the skill. We know that because of Tintaglia's chapter in the last section that we read where she wanted to drink from the well. So it's like, are the dragons skill? Are this, is the skill dragons? Is it like Dune where the worm is the spice and the spice is the Yeah, we still don't know where the skill comes from technically. So if the dragons drink the skill, does it turn their tongue silver and their lips? And then when they (laughs) kiss people, does it make their lips silver? 
touch to touch. <laughs> right. Like, are they unable to interact with things? Can they do the whole, like, I'm going to touch this and figure out where this branch came from 100 years ago? <laughs> or are they, like, impervious? But that's basically what their memory is, though. They touch each other. Well, they it, like, remember sink into their bones. Forever. So that in itself is yeah. the skill. Well, but it's like if Faraday touched somebody with his, like, silver magic hands, he would have gotten silver on Right. Them. So to the dragons transfer silver. I think it absorbs. I think that that's why they have that's because they can eat it, right? right. So I think it absorbs. I think it's straight up mercury. <laughs> <laughs> They're no, nobody's doing magic. They're just like just poisoning themselves. Poisoning. <laughs> They're just <laughs> mashing mercury. Yeah. There are no dragons. The entire here. world is the dragon hallucination. <laughs> just a bad drug trip alright is this the patriarchy misogyny capitalism slavery and fashions from Jamelia yes absolutely yeah especially on the Chalcedian boat honestly like we shouldn't even blame Jamelia anymore it's all Chalced is a piece of crap is a fucking well I think that our listener would agree oh yeah (laughs) Oh, yeah, we did get an email way back Shout when. Shout out to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what day is it? See, as, as we're learning, we're, like, changing our opinions. <laughs> I don't think we were wrong. No, no I mean, Jamelia is yeah. still shitty. It's I still still like, have not seen the more. evidence that Jamelia was all that our listener said it was. No, I have. I did not read it on the pages. I did not. I was not able to infer it in between. The, we have ten yeah, more books. Like, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know they've got cool pants at some point, so you know maybe that's where it comes in. They make awesome dresses out of feathers and lace. <laughs> Buttons, fashions from Jamelia, you guys. That's, yeah. that's the good part. Horrible people, great fashion. <laughs> 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 All right, so reminder for our next... When do we get, like, Jamelia Fashion Week? Jamelia Fashion Week? Fashion show. That's every day for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Elena already All right, already reminder for next reading section, Ship of Destiny, chapters 15 through 19. I just went through it to make sure I think we have no content warnings. No. uh I don't Trace know. Off. How is that possible? I, know, I don't know if it's possible. I might. Are the women just not in these chapters? <laughs> but nothing but content. Right? Do we not have Malta? <laughs> Even that's not. Do we not yeah. have I mean, There are definitely was... scenes of arguing, and but I just didn't see anything that was. In next section, Malta sets fire to the ship and jumps off. <laughs> she can't jump off. And she a serpent. She jumps on a serpent and rides. Rides the serpent. Yeah. Well, because she's talked to the dragon and she has all the memories because she opened up all that stuff. So in serpent theory, she could, she could like meet a serpent and they'd be like, we can't mm, eat yes, her. But... She has all these memories. And then she could just put the dolphin and ride that bad boy back to the shore. Ooh. Well, she's already fucked up, so I don't know. Well, uh, <laughs> she would Jack, Jack would be like, wow, nice scar. And then they kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I'm very excited to get to start reading these chapters again since we took time off. I couldn't read ahead because I didn't want to spoil I read myself. a little bit. So, 
It'll be nice to get back into the. It'll be nice. There's to definitely get some serpent stuff coming. Oof, is there? Is there? <laughs> All right. I am Rachel. You can find me at Darth Rachel on Twitter. Darth underscore Rachel on Instagram. I'm Alyssa, and I'm at alyssamaynard.com. I'm Jenny, and you can find me at Faces Free on Instagram, and shameless self-promotion, if you want really dumb Realm of the Elderlings t-shirts, uh, you can check out my Redbubble at Jen Snow. There's also a link in my Instagram profile. And I put a link on our uh, the Podbean website for Buckkeep Radio. That too. Yeah. For They're much. awesome. So awesome. I'm Eli, and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay on Instagram. I'm Elena. You can find me at Moff Elena. And I'm Ashley, and I'm on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. Next up is spoiler section. Well, Stay in your own peril. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Okay, good. Is it the color of Malkus? Spoil me. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Eli, what are you doing here? Eli, no, later. Um, oh, God. I, <laughs> I, the, um, is it okay to say, for real, about Kenneth's charm? I don't charm. know what you're talking about. I don't know what Kenneth's you're talking about. Oh, the charm. What did I ask? Uh, whether or not it is from Paragon. Oh. Um, Do tell. Not Paragon. Oh, do we find out? Is what it Tar Man? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it could be. All that's ever said about it is in the first book, and that he paid a lot of money for it and didn't even know it was real until it got there. Um, but it's never confirmed or denied that it came from Paragon. It's just extremely unlikely that Hob wouldn't mention it if it did. Right. Yeah. Well, probably Ophelia. <laughs> what color is Balkan? <laughs> doesn't matter. Brown. Mud. Mud. Slime. Rock color. The color Gray. of slime. Gray green. There wasn't any um, old clues in this section, so that. No, was... Amber took yeah. like this kind of section off. She had like she was there, but largely unimportant yes yeah we killed the amber fool discussion with our two-week break but she's got some carving to do so don't worry <laughs> Dude, when does that actually happen i feel like i've been waiting for that to happen for so it's a long. while it's, it's gonna be end. a while but why <laughs> why does it take them so fucking long for her to carve his eyes because she doesn't You're like it. It was gross. Yeah. She didn't like <laughs> doing it. But she misses Fitz's face, so she has to. Yep. The... <laughs> I uh, just read the section where Jack is like, somebody's having sex with the captain. <laughs> and then 
and then Amber and Jack are like, cool, well, you aren't sleeping in here anymore. We need the room. <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. I just got to the boiling serpents. The boiling serpents. What? Well, Did I block it out? We eat that in Boston. Kenneth's looking at the water and he's boiling with serpents. Boiling with the serpents. Yeah, I don't understand. That whole process of giving the memories is disgusting as I should have expected. I know. It's like... Uh, she's, I know, and like she's like, I have bigger sacks. My sacks are, <laughs> oh my god, be big enough to serve everyone. And and then she has to like open her mouth really wide and like pump her gills. And I was just like, oh, Ew. it seems like distressing. And <laughs> I don't know. Only in a Robin Hood novel. I, um. Oh, and uh, I got to parts. Well, no, I won't spoil you. Never mind. There's just more, more innovative ways to use poison coming, coming at you. Do you want us to get off so you can discuss it? No. (laughs) I love innovation. It'd be great. (laughs) Can't wait. Oh, yeah, well. got nothing else i uh i'm good the next section i think i couldn't believe that there were no content warnings i i haven't gotten through the last chapter yet so i had to like skim it but i didn't see anything poor selden and his rain stole his thunder it's not that it's just like i don't like what tintaglia did to selden it feels like he just doesn't have any of his own agency he she like ensorcelled him that's true now he spouts poetry and has an interest in politics (laughs) (laughs) terrible face but on the bright side he's a character now yeah i mean i guess that was kefri is like when did we educate you i don't remember you existing until like three pages there's like one scene where i was like wait is he speaking an elderling language (laughs) like i guess he learned that when he was in the the memory i don't know what would be called memory sieve memory river the save point <clears throat> save point yes <laughs> poor selden he's 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 more er- elderly actor now than he is selden yeah that's what i mean i feel like he like died a little and is taken over by this these other character you know like an invisible rooster crown or something i don't know <laughs> an impressionable young lad yeah i guess so i mean malta wasn't <laughs> i mean she kind of went back to normal afterwards well malta didn't actually meet proper tintaglia and malta had a personality it's <laughs> true but Malta didn't see how blue Tintaglia was. <laughs> she had. She did. She just, spouting she poetry just didn't, didn't think care. She, it was real. That's true. Didn't get close enough. The rain didn't go down the river far enough. Uh, all right. Tintaglia didn't try and kill her. So, you know. Uh. So 
Yeah. I don't know. The next section's better than this. There's less talking <laughs> around a table and more burning buildings. Cool. Really, I could use another chapter like that. <laughs> <laughs> Should we all challenge ourselves to have one sentence summaries? I think <laughs> I think it's funny though that there, there was one chapter where you come in and I think it's a Greg chapter where they're like this stuff happened while you weren't watching and I was like oh thank God I didn't have to read a chapter about that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, I will let everyone cool. go. Thank you for your your commentary. Thank you for Not your comment. fearless leadership. Commentariats. <laughs> Go to sleep. <laughs> so you can tell it's 11 o'clock now. <laughs> no, I don't know. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.